You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with the Dunstan Group. I am DC Lucchese. I'm sitting in for Brian Young, and I'm here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott, Scott Dunstan. Welcome to the show, but I'm also here with a couple of other guests as well, and I will start it with the fact that if you know that Charlotte is growing, well, you are clearly in the loop. That's not new news at all. It's how Charlotte is growing and how it is changing that is in and of itself an evolving story. As Charlotte City Council members... Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston not only debate growth and change, but also help make some of those decisions about how it will indeed happen. Both these guys are smart and well-versed, despite what they say off-camera and off-mic. <laughs> they know the municipal issues, and sometimes they agree, and sometimes they disagree. And we're hoping some of that magic will happen right here today. Isn't that right, Scott? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for making time today. And first off, with jobs and families and other commitments, how in the world do you make time to be a city council member? Mm. How do you do it, Larkin? Uh, you, you cut back on free time. There's, there's no such thing as Sundays on the couch just watching sports anymore or, um, you know, days by the pool or anything like that. It, it, you know, it, you've got to take it on as, as your – it's the third hat I wear, and I only get to wear three now. So day job, home life, and, and counsel, and uh, pretty much cuts out anything else you might want to do. Red Bull and no-dos. Red <laughs> Just mix them all together, start your morning. That's how I do it. That's, that's, why, every inter- that's why every interview he does, he's yelling. He's ready to run. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. this is uh, first term for both of you representing your districts. Uh, do you feel like you've sort of really settled in now or let's hear about it man good bad ugly what's going I, for, on for me i mean i i say what are we just a little over three months in at this point um i'd say we're we've learned a a, a lot more right than than where we were when we started but you, you just continue to learn things um every single day i don't think that'll ever stop but i think the key is we're starting to learn how the machine works and uh and um, that's a good thing because we, we can be more effective with the things that we want to accomplish or change. Yeah, I think, I think we, you could be in this job for 20 years and you'd still learn something every day about it. So there's never a point where you, you've kind of got it all figured out. But I do think that it's, it's helpful now, three months in, three and a half months in, that now when I've gotten a constituent that reaches out and says, I have this problem with uh, the street that I live on or, or traffic or folks speeding down where my kids play, things like that. I say, okay, now I know who to call at CDOT where I used to have to reach out to somebody and say, hey, who should I um, connect with in the city about this issue? So it starts to help once you know the folks in the different departments, you kind of know who to go to with certain types of issues um, in in terms of your own efficiency. So I think we're getting better in that regard as we get to know more of the 8,000 people that work for the city of Charlotte. Um, I, I think we become more efficient. But yeah, you're always learning. Um, now, did did you all set forth to become in the political world uh, just because you like politics and you like being involved in the city in that fashion, or was it more out of a need um, to to give back, or you saw something missing, or could you talk a little bit about I, that? I think both. I mean, yeah. I think that we both, uh, I think, had long interest in in politics, but I also think 
um, and I'll, I'll just start speaking for myself now, but no, I know you speak for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it's not Harvey. I think we both love the city, and I think we, we both felt like there was a need for some new blood, some new energy, some new ideas, uh, some new leadership, and, and so we stepped up. But um, it, city council is something I've had an interest in for a while, um, and I think the reason I've had an interest in it is because I love this city. I long ago decided that this city was my long-term home, and I felt like it was a great way to have a big impact on the future trajectory of where the city goes. Um, yeah, I'd been in. There's plenty of other ways other than elected office to have an influence on the direction our city goes. For me, I felt like it was one where I felt I thought I could be effective um, and focus on some of the issues that I really care about. So it's something I had my eye on, but I did feel kind of an acute need in 2017, uh, as clearly several other candidates did and lots of voters did, um, that it was time for some new blood. Yeah, and I, I I don't need to add too much more to that other than for me, it's been a uh, always viewed as a way to give back. Some people are good at, you know, helping, you know, the homeless in, in kind of soup kitchens. Some people are good at raising money for a certain charity that does good. For me, I've always been uh, someone who's who's been in my professional career change agent, someone who's, I don't get brought in to operate like a business that's been going well for, you know, 10 decades. I come in because something needs to be blown up or built from scratch. And uh, I came to blow up uh, our local government. You might say case. an agent of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also a figurative term he's using, not a literal yes. term he's yes. using. So. That's yes. right. Well, in this age. Well, and what he meant, by the way, he, he got misquoted by the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. He was talking about me. He said, Asian of destruction, because I had Asian <laughs> roots. And they thought it was agent of destruction. Right? Isn't that right, Larkin? That's incorrect. <laughs> well, I, I won't touch that one. But what I will ask is, what are some of those things that need the proverbial blowing up? Oh, man. Start with Let you. Me start Hit there. me. Hit me. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, um, I think that there is, and I'm going to speak uh, I'm going to speak pretty candidly, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying staff is great. Staff is incredible. When staff helps us, the city staff, and that might be from the police department or storm and water or economic development or whatever it is, they do a great job. But uh, what I'll tell you is, in, in my observation, there is a culture that in general exists of kind of presenting things in a certain angle, keep the city council representatives to kind of like, don't mess this up, guys. Don't mess this up. And here's the view. And and when you start drilling into it, and perhaps in some cases, that's good. Perhaps we could mess things up. Let the professionals do their job. But every time it seems like there's a, a real specific angle they want me to think. And I don't I don't operate that way. So I drill into the data and underlying it, try to figure out what it is. And the, 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 there have been numerous instances where, you know, I feel like maybe we aren't making the most optimal decisions or maybe we're allowing some staff members who should be playing traffic cop and are ultimately playing detective and deciding or negotiator, deciding what they want to craft the best decision when that's not their role. So, uh, you know, specifically, we've got challenges in the police department we need to solve for. Uh, there's salary uh, and, and incentive pay problems. And we're going to have to make some tough decisions and figure out if we're going to do that, we're, we're, what are we going to stop doing? Because I'm not supportive of, of raising taxes, but we have to do the right thing in this case. Yeah, I mean, depending on who... You know, depending on who your listeners are, if they come from the corporate world, the equivalent here is we are the board of directors for the city of Charlotte. That happens to mm-hmm. follow up on pothole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo- most other board of some directors probably don't have to deal with that. Uh, and the city manager in this case is the CEO. So, you know, what is and what should the role of, of a board of directors be? Should we be there to rubber stamp and just look out for giant red flags? Mm-hmm. Or should we be 
kind of digging in deeper um, below the surface into more of the minutia of the decisions that are being made and, and whether or not we think that the process was right, that the outcome was right. Um, different people will have different opinions on that. I think um, we might see the role as one where we should dig a little deeper and ask more questions maybe um, than other elected boards, than, than people previous to us. Um, and again, there's, you know, different folks will, will disagree on that. But I, I think we see it as more of something where our, our voters and supporters and, and even the folks who didn't uh, vote for us sent but us we there. we care a lot less about them. <laughs> <laughs> That's District 6 listeners. Take note. I care, you know who you are. I care about all my constituents. Um, I think they sent us there to, to ask more questions and to dig deeper and, um, and to make sure that, that these decisions are being made with the voices and the concerns of the community in mind. Okay, before Scott asks you another serious question, I have to ask you an aside. What is, other than potholes, what is the most <laughs> unusual or eyebrow-raising in a what what kind of way request or ask that you have gotten since you have been in office? A lot of weird stuff. I, what, what comes to your mind, Larkin? I, I haven't gotten anything that I would classify as weird yet. Um, Notice how we said yet. Well, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Day oh, undoubtedly, over. I will. <laughs> No, I mean a lot of the um, a lot of it is trans is is like road related. Mm. Um, a lot of it is construction related. Be that a, a public project or a private project, um, just the disruption that construction inevitably causes in neighborhoods, right. and um, and so folks are very sensitive to that. And then a lot about trees too. I mean, the city has always taken a lot of pride mm. in its its tree canopy. As the city is, the density increases in our city, and more people move to our city. Um, it really it it hurts people to see those trees getting cut down or, or mm -hmm. not properly replanted or not what so I mean I get a lot of stuff um, Target actually one of the neighborhoods we share is Myers Park and we were both at the Myers Park Neighborhood Association meeting a month ago and that was one of the main things they talked about because that's obviously a neighborhood that's famous for its tree canopy particularly along right. Queens Road and um, so that's front of mind more so than people might even think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of things start weird, like it, it, and then I real once I dig into the details, I'm like, well, it's not not as weird as I might have thought. Like jet noise was coming up, and I was like, oh, come on, this is crazy. But then when I drill into the topic and start looking at it, I'm like, wow, there's a legitimate concern here. So uh, you know, I think it's it it it's, it varies, but I'm sure there's some crazy stuff coming. Well, and everything seems obscure until it's your <laughs> problem. Yeah. I mean, whatever. The most important thing to any given person mm -hmm. is is going to be different, and it's going to be whatever is most acutely impacting where exactly where they live, or exactly where their kids go to school, or exactly where they the commute they have to work. And so, um, everybody's most important issue is different, and we're, depending on where they live in the city, um, the line of work they're in, the the what time they have to drive to work, and what roads they have to use, um, people really, I think, kind of hold tightly to to one issue and and dig into it and they and they become pretty quickly subject matter experts i mean it's amazing the citizens you'll get that will send you emails and they've analyzed every bit of code that has to do with trees for instance mm -hmm. and uh and then they come to us knowing more about the tree ordinance than we do because we have to know uh, a little about a lot um, but when people find that passion item for themselves they they dig in deep and they know a lot about a little and uh 
it's it makes for some interesting conversations. I'm hearing a lot about coyotes in South Park right now, and you might say, "Oh, there are no, coyotes." I mean, I mean, who would have thought? I would have normally just like laughed and made fun of somebody if I was a normal citizen. Now that I'm not, I'm like, oh, "Wow, there I, actually are a lot." Larkin I have had a coyote next next to his door house. to my house a yeah. month ago in Plaza Midwood. Uh, broad daylight just like wandered across the uh, empty lot next to my house. But that's because he smokes meats and hangs them in in his backyard and they sit there. Of course, coyotes (laughs) are drunk. (laughs) Well, there is an underlying issue there. It's the the unlicensed beef jerky factory (laughs) I started. You need a permit for that, dude. You should know that, I would think. (laughs) Well, you know, just because you're on the other side of the proverbial political aisle doesn't mean you you guys always disagree on everything, correct? Mm. Just usually. Just, Just usually, yeah. is is there something you're working in cohesion with right there now? There is, in fact. I, is there? Let's we have a new big idea. We have a couple things, but the new big one of late is how can we make Charlotte uh, a, a a music uh, destination, and not to, to rip off and Love try that. to recreate something of you know Austin or other things like that. But how can we we uniquely make this uh, a, a music capital and something that's known for that? So we're looking at all kinds of angles. We're only at the beginning of it, but both of us have a passion for music. So it's kind of a no brainer. And it's one of those, we have a lot of tactical work like potholes. We have a lot of strategic work like affordable housing and job growth. But this could be one of those fun ones where, you know, if we, we're not going to solve the problem, but if we start it, who knows? 10, 20, 30 years from now when I'm a a captain of industry, Larkin is the governor or emperor of of the state, Um, you know, we look back and we go to some concerts and we say, hey, we did this, bud. We made an influence We did this. Well, I think we've talked about, too, that's the thing actually I hear a lot about, too. There's a lot of hand-wringing over the fact that Charlotte has lost so many of its local music venues, Um, the Amos's South End, the Tremont Music Halls, Mm the... um, the, the the double door in and so i think there's a lot of folks who are really upset about that as they see more of that locally owned music scene transitioning to more of a corporate national music scene uh, i think there's some discomfort there but so it's not just a matter of being a place where we have a lot of great music venues i think that's part of it um Tark has a lot of passion in the financial technology space there are there are tons of companies out there obviously now doing music streaming and and all sorts of stuff in the music technology realm how could we, how can we attract that? them yeah. how, how could we be the captain tie them in with all the financial institutions we have in this community to say there are payment methods needed for someone like spotify or uh, pandora or whoever i mean how do we tap into that side of the music business not just the recording and the performing um obviously that business has tons of of parts of it and so how do we is there a certain part that we can specialize in or can we be a hub for all of it again not to recreate broadway street on nashville um, or Sixth Street in Austin, or whatever, but um, to kind of find something and make it our own, I think you know Charlotte needs something culturally that we can kind of latch onto and identify with in the way that in the business realm we've long been the banking center of um, of the Southeast. How do we become the center of something in in this part of the country for something more arts and culture related? I think well, that. Uh- that's awesome. I love music, music lover myself, and I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd like to understand, and, and maybe this is in you all's realm or not, but kind of what happened with the Amazon deal um, and, mm-hmm. and you all's opinion on that. Tark has an opinion mind, on that. Yeah, I have a lot <laughs> of opinions. If you don't mind sharing, I'd, I'd love to hear well, that. The, the, here's the fast version of it, because I can talk for hours on this. The I'll fast, warn you, the fa- his fast version is still 15 hours, minutes. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. leading into my next question. What do you disagree on? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, so this is the... With Amazon, one, 
this was not a normal um, kind of bidding process for a headquarters by design. Two, it was genius in what they did, but it was a lot of a marketing and brand building, if you will, exercise by the company. Uh, and what what better way to be on the front page of lo- you know two or three hundred cities newspapers from uh, you know over a year than what what's been happening and what they've done here? It so, was a corporate version of The Bachelor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, let's entertain all these options, yeah. even though we know there's only three yeah. that we're going to seriously consider. And at the end of the day, the marriage was a scam. Uh, was a sham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I'm, I had to rethink that analogy. But anyway, so <laughs> they, 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 this was not about. I believe personally, they went into this process knowing exactly where they were already going to go. Sure. And maybe best case scenario, they could have had their mind changed slightly, but they knew they were going to DC. We'll see if that ends up being correct or not. So. Um, this was all about the marketing piece. And one of the things that I think we did poorly was um, we didn't tell our story and our strengths of today as well as we could. Another brand conversation. And this goes back to a challenge that Charlotte has with our brand holistically, which is we want to be and do everything. We, we, we want to be so inclusive. And there's topics where inclusivity is incredibly important. But be, uh, who you are and your identity, your soul being everything is not always the best there. I'm sure that your, your, right. your brand experts would agree with that. So, you know, when you look at this, at who we were, we somebody said, the other thing is we have a chip on our shoulder. So when somebody says on a national stage that we are not culturally edgy, then we ha- spend the entire time showing everyone how culturally edgy we are, right? We have to play to our strengths. And our strengths are we're Banktown USA, right? There's so much strength there. And then we have made a, uh, 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 we are a millennial magnet. We're the number one millennial relocation destination in the entire United States of America. And we end up, you know, playing to other things that aren't our strengths. So we need to look at our strengths. I don't think they say we didn't win Amazon because primarily we didn't have the um, tech job talent in place right now. Um, and while our numbers are lower there, doesn't make sense. Forbes just rated us number three from a STEM perspective and growth. So uh, all of that, I, I don't believe the reasons they cited are valid for why we didn't win. But I also didn't think we were ever going to win. I would have liked to make sure. a short list of 20. But in the end of the day, I think I think we could have told our story better. And this isn't it wasn't necessarily in our sweeter spot. There are other better areas in, in fintech that we can go after. Yeah, I I think he mostly covered it. I, I think it was a good opportunity. I don't think we were ever in there running. I think um, they probably – my guess is maybe they didn't know exactly where they were going, but they probably knew within five places, and they thought, why not have everyone fawn over us for a couple of months and get a bunch of free press? Brilliant idea, by the way. I don't knock them for that. But I think it did give us an opportunity to look in the mirror on things like the way that the triangle area is looked at as kind of a research hub yeah. and how we're not. And so um, – uh, maybe that's an opportunity, and I've actually had this discussion with the Chancellor of UNCC to say, uh, or I'm sorry, UNC Charlotte. They want us to make sure we're calling it UNC Charlotte, <laughs> um, not UNCC. How do we? They're doing a ton of research work mm-hmm. up there. They've got um, some great programs, data that are, science initiative, that are more towards their infancy than maybe some of the ones in the in the research triangle. But how do we a help UNC Charlotte expand what they're doing out there? But then b better tell the story of what they're already doing and then in the future what they what they will be doing. So I think things like that might have been the best the silver lining in this process for us was what is it whether we're doing it well or not if we're not perceived as doing it well we're going to lose out. We could be we could be a great research hub in this state and in this country but if no one realizes we are we're not going to get an Amazon, we're not going to get an Apple, we're not going to get whoever's next. 
Um, so I think it's it's an opportunity for us to have an outside assessment of how people view us and then help change that narrative, either through better telling our story or strengthening the areas where people see us as not uh, strong enough. Or capitalizing, as Tariq said, it, capitalizing on what we are good at and emphasizing that. And no one like all the great podcasts in our community. Well, well, well there's only one. So. <laughs> I think you meant two, but oh, that's neither yeah, here nor there. That's what I meant, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right, Tark, I do have a FinTech Hub podcast. Tark, no, I, don't I, forgot. I don't know if you know where we're here, but this is a podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> that they control the editing of. <laughs> we know they don't edit. That's right. <laughs> 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 you guys are in the, uh... Oh, man. All right, this is going off the rails. Get us back on, Scott. Get us no, back no, on. But, I mean, I'm just curious, like, what are the hottest buttons when you guys are in the meetings? And, we're, we're, you know, what's being done to achieve those hot buttons? And I'd just like to know some of the hot topics and what's going on there. You well, know? I mean, speaking from last week, we had every month we have a rezoning meeting. And the things we hear over and over and over that re- – as far as like, what do we get a ton of email volume on that people are really passionate about? It's when there's a rezoning in their issue in their in their area that's going to increase density, and the issues that they bring forward are traffic related, they're school related. Um, oftentimes, there's some intersectionality with the fever pitch of the community. If when that happens to be an affordable uh, housing, workforce housing type of development, so um, those are the things that are the problems we hear about most frequently. Um, but I think I, I've determined, and I'm actually asking staff to provide some data for us to be able to to know if this is true. But my hypothesis is that if you had a map of school crowding in Mecklenburg County, basically they're all crowded. They're all overcrowded, rather. If you have a map that shows um, traffic congestion, the whole map would be red. I mean, it's it's not like there are parts of Charlotte where there's no traffic and the school's at half capacity. But I think that a lot of these neighbors come to us and, and think that their problem is unique to their area. And they said, well, you can't put more housing here, regardless of the cost of the housing. You can't put more housing here because we don't have the room in our schools. We don't have the room on our roads. And yet that's the problem everywhere in the city. And we still have 44 people a day moving here that have to live somewhere. So you know, those are the things I think that really get people fired up because it's something that they – it's a reality that they face every day that they're sitting in traffic or that their kids in an overcrowded school uh, classroom or, you know, in a mobile classroom. So I think those are hot buttons that we, we deal with almost every week, but very specifically every month around our rezoning meeting. And that's where we get the, that's where I get a lot of the angriest emails. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely there. Affordable housing, huge. And all the things that come along with that. Like I mentioned, zoning, we have the unified development ordinance, UDO, a rewrite of all of our, our zoning ordinances, place types, plans. And again, you know, I, I the, uh, went to a session with the new planning director this morning, and uh, uh, one of the guys who redesigned Raleigh, he's in New York now, um, said, Silver. Said, yeah, said, said, it, said it best uh, in a response to a question, which is you're pretty much either a, a plan-based uh, community or a deal-based community in, in how you rezone and do things. And we're de- if we're being fair, I think we're more of a deal-based community than a plan-based, which is let's let's make a deal essentially. And that 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 is bad. That's bad for a lot of reasons. Especially you can always make deals, but if you have a a, a methodology where people don't know the outcome before they come in, it, it's going to hinder the free market from doing its job. So there's that. There's police officer pay, huge challenge. There's a 10-year, over a billion-dollar backlog in stormwater projects. I mean, there, there's a lot of challenges. There's a you know you can be glass half full, 
and pitch our city and 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 we have a lot to be proud of and, and glad for but we're at a really pivotal point right now that I think will determine where we go as a city um, by how we address some of these these challenges today do you guys talk with like cities like Atlanta that obviously have a huge problem with that? I mean, are you in touch with other? We keep so, having so meetings so with them, but the traffic is bad down there, and they miss them. So <laughs> <laughs> that was low hanging fruit. Um, so as as luck would have it, that's actually where the Chamber of Commerce is arranging our inner city visit this year. So every year, uh, elected officials, local leaders, and um, and others take a trip to another kind of peer city. And so in the past, it's been in Miami, Boston, uh, Nashville, Minneapolis, all these different places. This year, it's in Atlanta. So we're going to go down there. And there's a lot of things Atlanta's done really, really well, like the Beltline um, Greenway project that they've done that's been transformative and been a huge economic development tool, along with the fact that it's also a transit and, and recreation option for people. Um, so there's things like that we can look at and I think really draw some inspiration from from to accelerate the things we're doing in that realm. Obviously, traffic is another thing that they've not done as well. Um, so we've got to look at the the things they've done that we envy and the things they've done that we want to avoid as we continue to grow. Because Atlanta's interesting. It's actually about half the size of Charlotte population-wise just in the city, but then the, met the county and the metro region are multiple times larger than ours. So you know they've got a lot more suburban living as opposed to urban living in comparison to us. So the traffic issues are different, but they're not completely different. And it's something that especially as our – it's not just Charlotte that's growing. It's it's the region. Everywhere around Charlotte is growing. And our problems are going to start to look like the ones that they've run up against if we're not very mindful and, and forward-thinking. So I think uh, it's the perfect year for us to be going down and, and spending a couple days there, learning from their elected officials, learning from their industry leaders down there, and um, bringing home the good stuff and – and also bringing home the, the ways to avoid the bad stuff that they've dealt with. And maybe bringing some of our bad stuff down there and leaving it. I'd be a good plan, too. <laughs> One of the other we could leave Tark. One of the big things about Atlanta and where I've seen and a lot of folks I work with are working to partner is uh, around fintech. Uh, because both of us have uh, arguably recognizable fintech brands and what we are. But it's, it's synergistic between us because we are more traditional core banking based and they are more payments based. So that means a partnership doesn't mean we're we're, we're necessarily cannibalizing each other when we when we do that. We we there there is synergy and then real exciting there might be a third leg to that stool. Um the the finance minister of Ireland uh came down here um and uh a week or two ago and and I got to have a working lunch with him. We were on a panel together and while we are more uh fin than tech, finance than technology here but it's growing, they are more tech than fin and how they've grown. So if you add those three payments and, uh, and core banking here on our side, on the more fin side and their tech side, we could have a three, three kind of dimensional partnership that could really help win this, this raging battle that's going on for fintech supremacy. The Ireland finance minister is Tark's new man crush. <laughs> the, the dude is freaking awesome, man. He is the accent, just the way he like I, the I glow you. Tark has when he talks about this guy. I didn't get to meet him, but I can only imagine how dreamy he must be. It, it literally with the he, smile he, that Tark gets when he yeah, talks about him. He's, the, so, he's so cool. The other thing with with Atlanta is really, if you look at it a, a little bit higher view, Atlanta and Charlotte are part of a, a region together too. And so um, Johnny Harris, obviously one of the the biggest leaders in this community pitched and proposed at an event just a couple months back that 
we really need to be looking hard at high-speed rail between Charlotte and Atlanta. That's a, a very important corridor for a lot of important reasons. Also right smack dab in the middle of it is the Greenville-Spartanburg area that's growing um, and, and maturing as well. There would, would lie the opportunity to engage three different states in an infrastructure project that could cut down on travel time, be an, be an additional option for folks making that trip. It's, it's kind of in the no man's land as far as the drive goes because it's, it's a little too close to make it seem reasonable to fly. But then when you deal with the traffic in Atlanta, it can be, um, it can be pretty bothersome to drive. So um, that high-speed high speed rail corridor there and, and having a good stopping point in South Carolina, maybe also connecting to the airports in Charlotte and Atlanta, um, could be a huge infrastructure project that we'd have a lot of partners on. So there again, I think a lot of opportunities with Atlanta. And we put that rail underground, first of all, and Perfect. then we connect it to, to Dublin, Ireland. So, <laughs> so, Tar, so, Tar, so Tar can see his boyfriend more often. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I'm just saying, let's, let's pitch the whole vision. I, I love it. Hey, and I know you guys have an additional commitment, but before you scoot, can you tell us about your podcast oh. briefly and how we can connect? We always have time to talk about our podcast. Oh, uh, there you go. Well, well sit it's, back. It's, it's, it's endorsed by the Wall Street Journal. That's number one. And the finance minister of Ireland. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's R&D in the QC, R ampersand D in the QC. Uh, you can get it on iTunes where, or wherever you get uh, your podcast. Larkin, what's it about? It's about local issues. Mm. It's it's our bipartisan take on what's the work that the city council is doing. And um, occasionally we'll delve into a, a Mecklenburg County issue or a 287G. Uh, yeah. Listen to last <laughs> week's. We had the uh, chief of police on giving his view on, on 287G, among other things. But the thing for us was we didn't really feel like there was a, a media outlet that offered a, a bipartisan perspective on local issues without people screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so despite the fact that Tarek's frequently over-caffeinated and speaks very loudly, we never yell at each what other. What is he talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. You have to edit that level down <laughs> later. Um, so it really is. I mean, it's, it's a respectful discussion between us and the guests we bring in, and we've We've had the mayor on, we've had uh, the chief of police on, we've had the district attorney on, members of the state legislature. So we try to bring in other uh, other folks from the community to talk about the issues, how we can work together with other elected bodies, how we can work together uh, with local business leaders um, and give people, give the listeners a reason. You know, I think a lot of my Democratic supporters might not often hear the Republican viewpoint on things outside of, of maybe Facebook screaming. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Tarek's Republican supporters might not ever hear a reasonable version of, of the Democratic viewpoint on these things. And local issues shouldn't be as partisan as congressional issues or even state legislative issues. Um, you know, it's really about what's best for the city. I think it gives people both sides of the argument so they can better form their own viewpoints. But it also, we try to make sure it's a way to say, here are opportunities for you to engage in the process. And even, whether you want to run for office or not, there's a million ways you can be involved in the direction of this city, uh, and we want to make sure people understand what what those opportunities are and how they can plug into them. And one of the best parts is the music, the the uh, the, the intros, the transitions, the, the completely licensed and approved music. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's great, uh, and you know everyone. And what a lot of, a lot of people don't know is. Um, I actually do all of the, the music and transitions with my mouth. It, it's not actually... Are you beatbox? Mm, 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 mm. So they don't realize that I'm actually doing that. We're not recording and ripping them off. That's that's pretty... You're a multi-talented guy. Everything I said about the show is true. <laughs> like you said, it, it's nice to get both sides' perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, guys, we can't thank you enough for taking the time. Again... 
look him up where, as you said, Tarek, where, wherever you download your podcasts, uh, get them there. Uh, and of course, you can find them if you call uh, 311 in Mecklenburg County. You can get their email addresses or you can look them up on the web. We're shutting that not, down, aren't we? I'm not sure. Charlotte.gov. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure 311 will direct you to our podcast. No, no, no. That's the podcast. You if you want to call 911, if you want to call them directly, <laughs> please don't right, call 911. Right. Call 811 because we're digging questions. a hole, right? <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks, fun. guys. Call Mark. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Appreciate you all. Very informative. And uh, thanks again. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys for having That's us. Right, guys. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>